Welcome to the Unscripted Authentic Leadership Podcast, a podcast where we're seeking to lead change while also seeking to understand. We're also here as a platform for leaders to come together to unite to develop and empower other leaders in the areas of business, family, and entrepreneurship. Uh, I am your host, Lafayette Lane, joined by our co-host, John LeBron. Today, we are joined by our special guest, Aaron Smith. Put those hands together, put those clap emojis in the comments section. Aaron has joined us to have an amazing conversation today on how you can escape the odds. Aaron is the founder of the Escaping the Odds podcast, and he uh, inspires to empower the formerly incarcerated and disadvantaged to reach their full potential through entrepreneurship. Aaron, thanks for coming on. Hey, man, thank you all for both for having me, man. I'm really excited about it. Um, yeah, let's let's get it going, man. Absolutely. Man, let's just jump right into your story, man. I think you have an amazing story of the fiber of our podcast is leadership, entrepreneurship, and personal development. And we believe that everybody has a story, right? Everybody has a story that can empower someone, that can uplift someone, and that can really encourage someone that may think that what they've been through, there's no way out of it. There's no way up from where they are. And I believe that you are a prime example of someone that literally, like your podcast says, that has escaped the odds. Can you just give our our audience your background story? We know that you're a great entrepreneur now, but take us back to how you got to the weather place that you are today. No, absolutely, man. And I think uh, I think I was a a pretty good entrepreneur back then. I was just selling the wrong product, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was selling the wrong product, so I had to switch hustles <laughs> on that. Uh, but yeah. but born and raised on the south side of Chicago, um, gang, drug violence, the normal kind of stuff, man. But there was something different about me. I always valued education and wanted to be able to want to do something different from what I seen out in my community. I was the youngest of five, very ambitious guy, and I think that was part of my downfall. Like the ambition was was driven in the wrong direction. And um, so end up going to college, uh, just kind of fast forward a little bit, going to college was one foot in, one foot out in the streets, but also going to college at the same time because I knew the value of education, but also was lured in by the, you know, fast cash and just wanted to get things quicker, you know, that immediate gratification. And so mm-hmm. um, end up going to federal prison uh, not too long after I got my bachelor's degree in business management uh, for running a heroin operation here in Chicago. Um, I was one of like 46, 47 people indicted federally. That was like my first case ever. Uh, I had some, some misdemeanors here and there, but nothing, nothing major to that magnitude. And that really kind of opened my eyes as it should have, you know, once the state of the United States versus Aaron Smith, I was like, wow, you know, I missed some, I missed some deep stuff. Um, so uh, eventually subsequently, I uh, pleaded guilty to, um, conspiracy to distribute heroin and fentanyl. And that was in like 2009, and I I was 27 years old when I went went away. I got sentenced to 12 years mm-hmm. of um, incarceration in the federal system. And I did a little bit over nine and a half years, and um, I came home in 2019 with a renewed mind. Um, uh, my desires of my heart had changed. Um, like, like I wasn't a bad person, just made a whole lot of bad decisions. You know, I was I was mm-hmm. on a trying to chase fast money, and uh, mm-hmm. with that came with some consequences that I had to had to face up to, you know, and so I did that, but that's pretty much the the, the root of it at the end of the day. And, and here I am, man, escaping the odds and entrepreneurship is, is my passion. Prison reform is my passion. So being able to blend those two together and make it work. Yeah. 
you said something there that I really want you to kind of dig into. All right. Before you got out, you said you were able to renew your mind. You ha you had a shift in mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What happened while you were in prison, while you were incarcerated, that you were able to do not a 360, but a 180? 180. You know, yeah. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. What, ha what um, happened? Yeah, I, I believe it was, it was more so even prior to me being incarcerated, uh, I was on bond for a while. So I had the chance to uh, kind of see the error of my ways, like seeing how it affect most of all, like my mom, not even myself, you know, cause I, mm. I kind of knew that day was, this day was inevitable. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't sell drugs at that level and you know, you get away with it. Right. Not most people. And so um, I'm like, man, you know, I, I really sold myself short. You know, here I am a person with a bachelor's degree, business management, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm, I'm indicted federally, you know what I mean? I could have did something else with my time, you know what I mean? But um, so this kind of really got into my word real heavy. Um, mm -hmm. And just God just got to speak to me like, man, you know, it's not over. Although I had to convince myself that it wasn't over, right? Because here I am looking at this, this mountain of time that I have to do and just kind of really figuring out how I'm going to get through it. Like, what am I going to do? Like, mm -hmm. this is my first time going away to prison. I knew I was going to prison. I just didn't know for how long. And so, mm -hmm. but once I got to prison, um, I really built up my network behind the wall. I really started kind of building with men that was like-minded, such as myself, and like was of the Christian faith. And so, again, just seeing the error of my ways and like, man, you know what? I could have did so much better, you know? And so with that, um, started really digging deep and, and finding soul searching and finding out who I was. And um, during that time, I was like, hey, you know, entrepreneurship is like always been in love with business you know um and so i had the opportunity to meet a lot of men that were incarcerated or white collar offense offenders or even that was quote unquote successful in their illicit activities and so i kind of just started picking that brain more so the white collar guys um because i had never really been in the same room with these men and that mm -hmm. really helped change the uh trajectory of my life but most importantly it was my faith in god hmm. So you were in, you were incarcerated for, is it 12 years? No, uh, nine years and five months. So almost nine and a half years. Nine years and five months. You had that yeah, down. Yeah. Okay. That's Absolutely still, that's not. a long time. I mean, yeah. I think one month would feel like a really long time, right? Yeah. Um, nine years in 10 months. Okay. Can you walk us through, like, what is it like spending that much time in prison and then all of a sudden you get released and you're expected to sort of contribute. Like, yeah. I mean, I feel like you would almost, to me, it would almost, you ever spend a whole day or two days in the house and then you walk out and it's bright and sunny and you're like, wow, it's yeah. a whole new world out here. I yes. feel like I'm not saying you're inside that long, but I almost feel like a similar feeling must come about you when you're in a prison and all of a sudden, all right, peace out. And you're like, yeah. now what do I do? Yeah. What is, can you walk no. us through that? Yes, um, it's a culture shock for sure. Um, technology had changed so much. Uh, you got to think when I went inside, Facebook was around, but it wasn't a part of a person's <laughs> everyday life. You know, wow. um, cell phones were around, but again, you didn't you didn't walk around like they didn't have like the smartphones. So yeah, your whole life wasn't wrapped into your cell phone as it is now, and so that was a really big adjustment for me. But um, I think more importantly, like just being able like to have that confidence in yourself. Like I had a whole lot of hope, 
like my faith in God gave me a whole lot of hope. And I prepared so much when I was away. Like from day one, I was thinking about mm. the last day. You know what I mean? Mm. And so I really prepared mm. for it. I think my yeah. situation may have been a little different from other people that, I, that I've encountered. You know what I mean? Because I was so prepared. So using that ambition that I had, it's like, okay, I'm going to make something of myself, right? But at the mm. same time, there's still that self-doubt that you have. Like, man, you know, when I get out, you know, you, you have that anxiety, you know, like even for someone that really prepared. And I was probably looked at as a, as a model, quote unquote, model inmate. You know, I was I was most likely to succeed, you know, if there was a category for someone that was mm. in prison. Uh, but still, nevertheless, it, it was still that that, that preparation and that and, that, and that, that culture shock that I had to uh, overcome. And just even just being to be honest, just being scared that, you know, all my plans wouldn't materialize as I thought they would or as I thought they should. Um, oh, you know, throughout the time while I was incarcerated, I was planning, planning for it. So, um, yeah, it was, it was really, for the most part, that culture shock is being able to um, believe in yourself and to know to take your time and be, and be patient. Now, that's something I'm still learning to this day. The reason I ask is, and you have a podcast, right? Um, Escaping the yes, Odds. Sir. Is that correct? And um, in your most recent episode, you interviewed a man named Richard Bronson. Not Branson, Bronson, yeah. who was a partner. If you've anybody seen the movie Wolf of Wall Street, he was one of the partners in that whole dilemma. And I've never yeah. seen the whole movie. Um, I've never, honestly, I saw five minutes and I turned it off. It was a little much. But, uh, um, but he, he mentioned coming out of the uh, out of prison homeless. And so, mm. and so that's what that's what brought the question to mind. He came out of homeless and yeah. out of there, and he was homeless right to start, saying because now he's doing well, but it said it took yeah. him year, several years to get there, and he was only in I think a couple of years. You were in yeah. you were in nine, and so now twenty seventy five percent he said of the inmates returned to prison, which is a huge number. So you're saying you were part of that model twenty five? They said he'll probably be fine once he gets done. Yeah, so yeah. What, what is it we're missing about then that seventy-five percent? Like, if we could even flip it to where twenty-five percent returned and seventy-five percent were now productive members of society, chasing their dreams. Like, what are we yeah. missing here? That's why I ask. Can you walk us through that step when you first get out? What does that feel like? Because yeah. for him, it was homeless, and I could see how. Yeah. They couldn't like. Well, I, this is what I know how to do. I need to go back to it because I have to survive. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I think it's a couple things. Uh, one thing is the person, right? Um, internally, like wanting to like do something different, as you stated. Like for some people, this is all they did their whole life. For me, this wasn't all I did my whole life. You know what I mean? Like again, I had went sure. to college, so I knew how to maneuver in any kind of environment. Like some people that I grew up with, like the streets, that's what they know. Like they're not going to, some of them not going to do anything different. So to expect someone to change their stripes like instantly without any kind of a, a assistance while they are inside um mm. it, it's like you ask the recipe for disaster like, let's keep it real you know what i mean it's not really going to materialize for that person so i've seen that i've seen people on one hand not really prepare to leave everybody is ready to go but everybody's not prepared to go you know mm. and so i've seen that but then i also seen um far as from a systemic standpoint like the like the courses and the rehabilitation quote unquote um is not there you know um but then i seen when people come home and have a great support network 
that's another huge piece of it, right? I had a great supporting cast, you know, and my, my safety net, if you will, was like outstanding, you know, and I think that's very important. I was just thinking when I was in the halfway house, all this love and support that I was receiving, if I didn't have that, like, it'd be that much more difficult to survive, and I may have become part of that 75% or that 60%, whatever that recidivism rate number is. Uh, but so I would say the main two things is, of course, internally that person uh, want to do something differently. And then two, like that support network that you have once you leave. Prison. That's yeah, have that. I think that's really good. But I just to add on to that, Aaron and John, that's an excellent question that you asked, John. I think thirdly, you talked about the systemic piece. It's hard for someone not to go back to jail because they can't get a job if you have a record. A felony. Right? So if you have a felony and that felony can be, you know, from marijuana, whatever that, you know, smallest mm -hmm. to biggest from one mistake, they have a mark on their life for the rest of their life due to the systemic structure of prison. Now we're talking about prison pipeline, how prison is a business yes. and that all stems from leadership, right? So how can that, you talk about flipping yeah. from the 75% to the 25%. How can they flip it when the, the only resort they can go back to is going back to the streets because there's nothing for them to go to when they get out, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Y'all scared to talk? All right. Now you're good. Okay. So no. so I'm, I'm currently reading a book by Emmanuel Alcho. Mm. Alcho. Okay. Uncommon, uncomfortable conversations with a black man. And he's talking. I was mm -hmm. reading yesterday about this same issue uh, about the prison pipeline in the industry, and so flipping that would be great. But it all really goes back to changing the system, yes. right? And it's and it's not. I think it's amazing, and I hope our audience catches. You were a college degree inmate. Yes. Because I think we have this misconception yeah. that everybody <laughs> that's in prison mm -hmm. is yeah. either dumb. Yeah, or they're from the hood or yes. they're black and all of these misconceptions yes. when you really don't realize that a lot of people that are in prison are a lot smarter than everybody that's out in yeah. population. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, 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 I didn't want to say it, man, but you said no, it. Go ahead, bro. Uh, yeah, no. Go ahead. I, I uh, man, I, I've met so many the most Yo. creative ingenious, you know, guys, man, that Yo. like to this day, like some of my best buddies, I consider them like brothers of mine, um, and like really, I, I, one one area that I really learned a lot about was the financial markets, right? This is just an example of like learning um, high finance behind the wall, right? I should have learned this in college, but I didn't, right? I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't take a course on, on options or investment banking and things like that. And I was a business major, right? I learned that from the men that were the white collar offenders, the CEOs that embezzled a hundred million dollars, right? That was my school of hard knocks, right? So to speak to um, the mindset of some of the people that were there, like they were, they were brilliant, you know, just that, you know, they, they made the wrong decision. I think like we all are fallible, you know what I mean? Like we all mm -hmm. can fall short, you know what I mean? So let us not judge. Um, now, there, no doubt, there are some people that, that needs to be there. You know what I mean? Uh, for a long time, right? Um, but the men that I came across that that was in my circle, like I would trust them with my lives. Like, 
you Definitely. guys will have a conversation with them um, as you have one with me today and in previous times. Like you never know that they have been incarcerated, right? And they, they probably mm-hmm. spent 20, 25 years incarcerated. And so mm-hmm. um, I, I would love for the audience to kind of know that just to kind of think twice about who you think is behind that mm-hmm. wall. Um, and as I continue to do my podcast, Escaping the Odds, like I, I knew I knew the stories were out there because I was inside with these men, right? But when I was inside, I'm like, I got to get these stories out to society. That was one of the main reasons why I did the podcast. I wanted to change the narrative of what society thought of a person that was incarcerated and what they can become in the entrepreneurship arena. And because I knew these men were entrepreneurs at heart, you know, someone was doing illegal things, but all of them were doing illegal things. But at the end of the day, they were dynamic people. You know what I mean? I wanted Mm -hmm. the world to know that. And as I continue to do these stories, I come across like, amazing people i'm like man where where have you been like you know how come your story isn't out there and so i hope with escaping mm-hmm. the odds like i changed that like people are like wow did you hear the story of such and such such and such you know and they, right. and they got the story from escaping the odds so yeah absolutely I, I think that that's so good because not allowing your mistake to define you not yeah. allowing your past to define you here it is not allowing your record or what people mm-hmm. deem as a record to yeah. define you because again it's very hard that we say prison is a rehabilitation place mm-hmm. and then there's no place for the prisoners to go once they're released yes because yeah. of systemic issues that yeah, we have yeah. Yeah. as a nation mm-hmm. so it starts at the root right prison for those that don't know is one of the wealthiest businesses in the world mm-hmm. yeah it is it's not a place that why do you think they're so overpopulated because they're privately owned and a lot of people, you talk about white collar, there's a lot of white collar investors that have open prisons. So they have prison pipelines and things of that nature. No, that's that, that's a whole nother show that's, for sure. Like, oh, I, oh, absolutely. I know, I know, I know I'm talking yeah. right. I know yeah, people that yeah. listen to this, they're not like what I'm saying. What I'm saying is facts. Yeah. It, it's, it's absolutely facts. Facts. It, it's you know, called okay. the, the prison absolutely. industrial complex, you know. That's absolutely. It, it goes deep. Some of your biggest corporation and retailers are yes. inside of prisons, you know, um, low wage slave labor type. Mm-hmm. Of, yeah, yeah. It, it, it gets crazy. So, um, yeah, make I, license I would, plates, clean the highway. Yeah, I, I, well, I, th- I think license plates were kind of like the old school stuff from like the 70s. Yeah. But like you sure. have uh, some of your biggest names um, out there. It's like people are actually manufacturing clothing, call centers, yeah. call centers. Hmm. are behind the wall now right so that person mm-hmm. that you may be speaking to about your local whatever cable bill whatever <laughs> it may be could be someone behind the wall right and they're, they're right. not getting paid those same wages that um someone be getting paid on the outside but also like in the <clears throat> no one say defense would like to kind of give um some kudos there are some corporations out companies out there that are really going inside the prison and like really doing some great work um, mm-hmm. I have a good friend, a friend of mine. He's like a, a mentor, Mr. Sean Hosman. He has an organization called Persevere Now, where he teaches full stack coding um, inside of mm-hmm. several prisons throughout the country. And yes. so you have people like him, organizations like that, that are really rehabbing or really giving men and women a, a, a second opportunity or a third opportunity to be able to have a skill set when they come out that they're not part of that 75%. So I want to shout out to those people as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that's the minority, though, unfortunately. Right, right. We got a long way to go. Long way to go. 
Because if I'm mistaken, unless I'm mistaken, the, like a felony sticks with you forever. Is that right? It never drops yeah, off. Yeah, in, in most cases, in most cases, uh, my case is a, a federal case. So in order for me to uh, have my case expunged as you can in the state system, I will have to yeah. get a pardon, like from yeah. the president. Yeah, I'll work on it, you know, but I won't hold my breath with it. Um, but, yeah, but, so I used to work at a uh, warehouse when I first got out of college, and yeah. the, the, the person who ran it, her husband, I didn't know this for probably about three or four years into it, then he's late, mid to late 60s at the time, and he had told me once that he had a felon. And basically, he was 18. He was dating a girl who was 17. They wow. decided her her dad was a police officer, and they decided that they were in love. And he didn't want them to date, so he said, "We're going. Let's go to. I hear. Wow. I hear you can get married in West Virginia. So just being wow. kind of stupid, they went to West Virginia. They got there. This is decades ago, and yeah, yeah. Uh, he was. I think, like I said, he was 18. So, so you're talking 40 years had passed. Wow. And 45, and uh, he still had this on his record. And basically, he got in trouble. He got uh, a felon, is connected felon for kidnapping, right? Wow. And uh, <laughs> taking someone kidnapping across state lines, which is a big yeah. no no. But yeah. the it, it didn't like things, everything has a certain perspective or a, more of a story behind it. Besides, hey, he kidnapped somebody, took him across state lines. He didn't come and yeah. take somebody's five year old yeah. and just leave, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so well, that sticks with him. That's with him forever. He can't get rid absolutely. of it unless you, like as you said, yeah. he gets a part. And he's never tried to. The nicest, I'm telling you, the nicest person in the world. Yeah. It, it's well, not like he didn't, he's never done anything wrong before that. Yeah after that <laughs> yeah, it? but sure. it's in, anytime he gets a job he has to he's like i have to tell him and they're yeah, usually like eh. but you know he works and he makes it makes it work but he'll never make mm -hmm. more than 20 bucks an yeah. hour type of thing but it, it so. like when when employers actually look up your not even look up your case what they see this x on your record when they do the background check they're not looking at the context of that situation. Like you explained that to us, right? It's like you're saying, okay, it was an 18 year old, 17 year old. He went across state lines. All they're going to see is kidnapping. They're not going to ask any questions. They're automatically thinking in their head, all right, five year old kid kidnapped like this deviant person, right? And so that's that. That's the problem with the one of the problems with the system. There, it's like they're not going to go deep into that and kind of see what was the actual details of the case? Because yep. in most cases, like, you know, it's, it's easier not to. And from the employer's yeah. perspective, I get it. They have yeah. 17 applicants and they have to yeah. look at them and pick five to come in for an interview. Right. So yeah. they're going to, they're going to filter that pretty quickly, mm -hmm. but there has to be a way for somebody to almost self filter themselves to or clean their own record. Um, but it's just, sometimes it's just not possible. And so I think yeah. just from that one mistake at 18 years old, it's like good luck the rest of your life because yeah. you messed up when you're 18 and your brain wasn't fully developed. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. So what are if you don't mind me asking? So what are some you have talked about some in prison? There's sort of a quote unquote <laughs> uh, rehabilitation process to kind of get back to where you're. You mentioned something like uh, not every every not everyone's prepared for the release, right? So when I think about that, I think, okay, let's say someone else was in for five to 10 years. There's a lot of time to mm -hmm. kind of think about, even if they go in with 
bad thinking. Let's say not everybody yeah. was like you who had a college degree, great support unit. Obviously, it was almost like two lives, right? You got you got Aaron who's the bachelor degree, and then Aaron who's got this side hustle that's a little shady, right? And yeah. uh, and then a lot, a lot you got, yeah, so you got in trouble for that half, okay? But then you're yeah. like, well, when I get out, I got my bachelor's, I, I got some knowledge I gained in here, whatever. But what about yeah. the person who doesn't have that thinking? I would think after so many years, there could be, there has to be, or should be, I should say, opportunities mm. for this person to have um, develop leadership or success mindset mm. out. Yeah. Right. If they choose, if they want to. But I would think right. after so many years, they would have to be like, OK, I, I want to get out of here. And I want I get there's yeah. some people who won't prepare, but I can't mm -hmm. for the life of me believe that 75 percent of inmates decide no. I don't want to lead my life. Right. <laughs> is there is there a lack of resources? Is there nobody willing to come in and teach? Because I get that I was lucky. I had mentors and stuff that jumped in my life. Basically, I allowed them in. But they said, hey, I want to I want to give you some things to read that's going to help your life. Mm -hmm. I want to give you some things right. to listen to. It's going to change every way, change, completely change the way you've ever thought about life. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. So I was able to develop, per, go through personal development. But if no one's ever had that in their life, right, they, it's like you don't know what you don't know. So how right. if you didn't grow up with that. How are you supposed to know these things? So is there at all opportunities for the, the other 75 percent to like. I hope I'm not just rambling, not making sense to like actually develop the mindset to go succeed once they get out of the walls. Yeah. Um, as I stated earlier, it starts while you are behind the wall. And to answer your question, there are, depending on the institution or the, or the prison that you're in, um, mm -hmm. luckily for my son, I say luckily, but like the, the place I was located, it was known as like a, a, a program yard, meaning that, there were programs there that a person can take, right? Whether it was like welding, electrical, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Painting, HVAC, uh, some of those like blue collar, like trade type of jobs, right? But uh, also I spent a lot of time in the law library, right? I read a lot, right? We had newspapers that came in like the Wall Street Journal. Um, I got countless magazines that kind of came in, right? But I think most importantly, it's the, the company that I surrounded myself with, as I stated mm -hmm. earlier, like, that's key because if you're hanging around people that don't want anything out of life and that goes for like if you're behind the wall or you're in the free world right like mm -hmm. you're not going you're not going to succeed so but to ask your question there are opportunities uh, for people to do things depending on where you're at um and, and like i say where i was at that was there but i was going to make it happen no matter where i was at if i was in a dungeon I was going to read. I was going to educate myself because I've always been a, a lifelong learner anyway. But mm -hmm. for someone that's not like that, um, it's going to be tough for them, right? It's going to be tough if they weren't at a location that I was at uh, where I would probably say, if I throw a number on it, I will probably say out of all the institutions throughout the United States, I'll probably say there's probably a, a, a third that's like where I was at. You know, so 30 percent out of the prisons. Right. Um, and so those other prisons, I've heard of certain places where it's like, man, there's nothing to do with the other prison. Man, I came here. I can do a whole lot. You know, and so they're out there. And so that's that's the, the major problem as well. Like the, um, the lack of funding or even the lack of just wanting to by the staff. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's easy just to come in and just, you know, do the counting, just not 
you know, provide any kind of programming for the men and women that's incarcerated, but it takes an extra step for uh, someone to really care about the men and women lives and actually put on certain programs. And a lot of stuff, a lot of programs where I was at was ran by the actual prisoners, like people teaching classes, you know, I was on a reentry committee and our reentry committee is pretty much a committee on pretty much helping the men reenter back into society. So it might be uh, resume writing. We had guest speakers kind of come in, but that's like, that's an anomaly. You know what I mean? Luckily I was at a, I was at that kind of a place. A lot of places aren't like that. And so a person that kind of be SOL, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. if, they, if they don't have a strong mind already to want to do anything different, if there isn't some kind of um, programs in play. And I just think back to the things I learned when I was 20, 21, 22. And I, things I, I don't know if I would have heard of if somebody didn't introduce me to the concept yeah. of personal development so like things like yeah. you are who you you will be in life who you who the top five people you associate with those types yeah. of things and yeah. so i i can't help but wonder if there's got to be other people that have never heard those things it it's no different sure. than someone who's not incarcerated who still hasn't figured out how to advance in life yeah. right there's still there's people all around us who they work the same you know, yeah. dead end job and they haven't figured out how to get to that next step. They want to, I think now some people just don't want to, but there's some people who want to, and they're yeah. just like, I That's can't true. figure out how to get out of this hole. And they just, nobody's mm -hmm. ever, I, part of me wonders, maybe they always taught them how to get out of the hole. Um, I would assume it's gotta be something similar. I guess that's my feeling when I think, okay, is something, is nobody coming in and teaching some of these guys or ladies yeah. how to think differently? Or no. the ones who already aren't thinking. Obviously, you're kind of an enigma. You already thought differently. You already were preparing. But like, how but do no, we help it's, that it's, other? Yeah, I, I think you just need to be um, like staff at prisons or the the, the mm. powers that be that to add more programming. You know, um, to be able to, for instance, like my podcast. I get countless emails from people that hear my podcast behind the wall they're like oh my god he was like you know this podcast like really changed my life right like i really need awesome. to hear this right and so that's that's super dope um when i was there i love hearing stories like of i read countless books about people that kind of overcame situations so that was like my glimpse into someone's mm -hmm. life to be able to say oh wow if they made it i know i can right mm -hmm. and yeah. so be able to have programs like a podcast where guys can hear or women can hear um, stories of overcoming and they can see themselves in those stories. That's programming. That's key. That could change someone's life from waking up one day and wanting to slit their wrist to like, you know what? Mm -hmm. Let me get on top of my business. Let me get my GED. You know, let me let, let me right. start taking some courses, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, let, let, let me learn how to be a better, be a better father or a better mom. Yo. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with exposure, too. I mean, think of yeah. the environment of prison. We know it's not just rehabilitation, yeah. but it's punishment. Yeah. Somebody's in lockdown for 23 out of 24 hours a day, and all they see, yeah. you know, is a, is a cell with no windows, nothing. There's no exposure yeah. for better. So all yeah. you do have is your mind, but your mind is constantly being worn down and torn down yeah. by the environment that you're in that's not conducive for better. So yeah. it, it's kind of a – we have a long way to go. There's been progress, but I think conversations like this, especially mm -hmm. from someone that has already been inside, you know, is going to help move the needle to where it needs to be so we can flip that 75-25 and reverse it, yeah. right? But Absolutely. I want to know, man, how you 
you have this amazing story, but you have a shirt on that says switched hustles. Mm -hmm. Tell our audience, man, what that means. Genius idea. Um, If if we had saw it, we would have taken it from you, but you've already trademarked it, so it's too late. But, uh, (laughs) but, uh, tell us, man, not just me and my brother, John, tell our audience what that means and how they can, incorporate that in their own lives because john just yes. alluded to those people that are working dead-end jobs yeah they don't yeah. know how to make that switch they don't know yeah. how to make that turn tell yeah. us what that means man unpack that for us yeah for sure man uh yeah. switch hustles is first it's a mindset shift you yeah. have to switch your mindset to be able to, to do anything differently in life um mm-hmm. and so I don't, I don't want people to think that it's only switching from illicit activities to positive or uh, right. legitimate businesses um, as John spoke on earlier, it's like Swiss Hustles is someone that like they've always wanted to open up that coffee shop, right? But they've been mm-hmm. on this dead end job, maybe not even a dead end job, just like a job they just got to they have to do just to kind of make ends meet. And so they finally kind of stepping out on faith and out their comfort zone and, and switching up and doing something differently to level up in their lives, you know. Um, and so maybe it's that person that that finally wants to go back to school, you know, he's maybe or she's you know, 20 credits away from their bachelor's degree or associate's degree. So they're like, you know what, let me, again, let me level up in life and let me, let me switch what I'm doing and switch hustles and uh, make, make, make things better for myself and for my uh, future generations. So that's basically what it is, switching the mindset and switching hustles to do something to uh, better your lives for yourself and for others. That's cool. And to clarify, when I say dead end jobs, so many people are going to think I'm talking about a minimum wage worker at McDonald's who hates it. That would be included if you don't feel like you're going anywhere. But I personally know engineers who have done it for 10 years and hate it. And Uh and you can tell because they're not excited about life. And they're just like, yeah, it's fine. It is what it is. Pays the bills or almost Mm -hmm. paid off my house. It's cool. Like if if all you're looking forward to is paying off your house, that life sucks. And so that's what I mean by like there's you just don't see the next possibility or you're not excited about those next steps or growing within that uh, adventure. That's what I really mean by it. So if someone hears me say like dead end job, most people think, oh, it's the the McDonald's job or something. That's not at all. Like I know people who worked through McDonald's for 15 years and have done quite well for themselves and moved into corporate spots and stuff like that. So. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to say that I'm not going to back down from that statement. I'm going (laughs) to take it and say there are some of you that are all working at McDonald's and you know that you're beneath your potential. Oh, for sure. That job. That is a dead end job for you. Um, and you have better, you haven't switched that mindset. You've gotten comfortable in that mm-hmm. place. Yeah. So I agree with John, but I'm going to add on to that, that some of you are there. Those are dead end jobs as well. Yeah. Everybody won't be a CEO. Somebody's got to be the janitor. Somebody's got to be the trash man. But as my yeah. father told me, it don't have to be you. Exactly. Yeah. Or, 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 or yeah. if it is you, you be the best janitor. That is, be, right? be the best. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I would say, no matter who it is, everybody should appreciate and love the janitor. Oh, they're not yes. less. They're not oh, less. Yes. They may be happy in that position, yeah. right? Yeah. I know somebody who was homeless a handful of years ago and his own fault. He was in drugs and his basically mm-hmm. was homeless. And today he's a janitor for a school, a public school. What most yeah. people don't know is he just finished his pastoral credentials and he's you know, going to be a lead pastor at a church here wow. very soon. Wow. You know what I mean? As far as yeah. I know, I think they might, I don't know if he was offered it or not, but I know it's, you know what I mean? And that was 
I've known him less than 10 years. So in, in 10 yeah. years, he went from homeless and Absolutely. drug issues, couldn't see his own kids to now he's, he's with his wife, has a new baby, and he's going to be a We had him on our show. We had him yes, on we did. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. About yeah. Yes. And so, I shout mean, out to shout, shout out to Matt, Matt Hafflett. <laughs> he's one of my best friends. I love the guy. Yeah. He's amazing. So, yeah. I mean, but the reason he's happy doing the janitorial stuff is it's a means to his next step. That, that, so, there you go. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What, what advice would you give to an entrepreneur, bro? Because I think you're killing the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you your Instagram, you're killing it, bro. Super proud of what you're doing. Super, I mean, yeah, amazing. Mm-hmm. What would you would you say to an aspiring entrepreneur that may be struggling, or maybe doesn't think that they can be, or they are an entrepreneur and don't think that okay, I can't get to that next level? What advice could you give them from the experiences that you've had as an entrepreneur to encourage the struggling entrepreneur? Yeah, that uh, man, God gives us a gift, you know, only for us. You know what I mean, like. It's, it's even if other people don't understand it, you know, innately in your spirit, like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, mm. but you just got to keep pushing at it. Like whether you're making money from it or not, you know what I'm saying? You just have to stick mm. through, stick through with that passion, you know, because eventually like the monies and all that kind of stuff will come. And it's, it's taking me now like to kind of realize that. So I'm speaking to myself as well. You know what I mean? As, as I say that, uh, because, we want things right away or we look at shiny things, right? We look at things other people is doing and we like, Oh wow, maybe I could just do that. And, mm. but that's not what God gave you. You know what I mean? Mm. And so to, uh, to kind of, to kind of hone in on, on your own gift and turning that gift into your business is like one of the greatest, um, greatest joys, I believe. And it's like, you're not working, you know what I mean? Because you're, you're, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And so, that's what I would say, like, to, to find your gift and, like, to stick through with it, uh, even when it feels like nothing is coming out of it. Um, I never would have thought in a million years that escaping the odds, my prison experience would be, like, right, like who I've become. You know what I mean? Like, my personal life and my professional life is together. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so I think that um, it wouldn't have been that way had I not recognized what God has given me. You know what I'm saying? This gift and, and and perspective. You know, I know I'm kind of going off, but this is what's on my spirit. Like perspective, looking at my incarceration differently. You know what I mean? And like if I was a bitter while I was away, I would have never been able like to take those nuggets and be like, wow, you know what? These are great men that I'm coming across inside of prison. And they really have great stories and great business insight. Let me tell those stories once I get out, you know? Like I would have been so wrapped up in my own bitterness that I wouldn't have been able to see what God was giving me at the time. And it mm. wouldn't be an escape from the odds. And so uh and not saying it's easy when I'm doing it's like there's been countless times where I'll be like, you nah, know, I'm not I'm not making any money off of this. You know what I mean? Like, well, I continue yeah. to do it and then I'll get that email from somebody, right? Or somebody will reach out to me, hey, I love your show. You know what I mean? Like I think you should yep. keep on doing what you're doing. And so that's what kind of keep me going. So I hope you guys got that wrapped up in a in all of that. <laughs> Yes. Great answer. Live in your gift and God will make room for you. So yes. there you go. I, I, absolutely. absolutely. That's a Steve Harvey favorite quote. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Absolutely. Put you before great, great kings. Yo. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, Aaron, what you said is don't be af- don't be afraid to get unscripted. Right. Mm. Yeah. Don't 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 yeah. follow everybody else's script. Hence yeah, unscripted yeah. authentic leadership podcast. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to follow the script that God yeah. gave you. 
even yep. if it looks crazy, even mm-hmm. if it sounds crazy to everybody else, because the reality is they don't understand it because God didn't give it to them. He gave didn't it to give you. It to mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? So, of course, you don't understand the dream. You don't understand the vision because you weren't right. there when he gave it to me. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah. at the same time, it's like you're you're escaping odds that stacked against you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you can't be at that, quote unquote, that dead end job, you know, and yeah. what you what, what you're not. Right. You're operating in your and your gift and, and making it making it work. Yeah. John, do you have anything else? Bro? I see you writing. You just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just something you said, man. I'm writing down so I don't forget. <laughs> I got you. I got uh, you. I quote got about you. God's yeah. vision doesn't make won't make sense for everybody else. Yeah, like God's vision for you is not going to make sense to everybody else. It wasn't made for yeah. them. Yeah, but, we. Uh, we I, I'm sure. Unless, I don't want to go on a, on a huge uh, a biblical ta- tangent, but we know about the story of Joseph. No, and his man. brothers. Yes, sir. You know, Joseph was a dreamer. They yeah. didn't like that. <laughs> Yeah. They didn't understand it. They want to throw this man into the pit and kill yeah. the man because he had a dream. Yeah. You know, but you you can't you can you can't kill the dreamer. You yeah, know, you people can. can kind of can kind of kill the dream, but you can't kill the dreamer inside the dream. Yeah. And, and yeah. So, bro, just keep on going, and uh, it's just amazing, uh, amazing. I, I, this is probably one of my favorite episodes. That's great. Just because it was just a it was just a great conversation, bro. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It really was. Thank you all, man. I, I, I yeah. really. Really love and enjoy being on here, man. I, I love and appreciate authentic conversation, yeah. man. Authenticity, you know. So um, that, that's what I'm all about. Like my podcast is like this, you know. You, yeah. I, I, it's unscripted, you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I get on, we, we have a conversation. Of course, I know the direction I want to go, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's like uh, we just having a conversation, a real, real talk. Absolutely. And listen. For our audience, those that were watching to listen to this, we want you to stay connected with Aaron. One of the ways that you can do that is on Instagram. His Instagram handle is at Escaping the Odds Media. Go follow him there. Connect with him on LinkedIn, Aaron Smith. Also, check out his amazing website, EscapingTheOdds.com. Stay connected here with us at Unscripted. You can follow us on all our social media platforms at Unscripted Leadership unscripted-leadership.com and of course our podcast is available on all podcast streaming platforms as always we pray that you be the leader that god has called you to be we're here to build bridges and not walls bridges connect and walls divide until next yeah. time god bless you. can i say one thing just want to let the audience know that I had um, just created a new company called U-Turn Transport, where I, um, I hired one driver already who's over the road, and pretty much I hire all formerly incarcerated to kind of teach them eventually how to have their own equipment and kind of go over the road wow. and make money to other sales. So yeah, because I, I know I knew there was a lot of people that were incarcerated that actually wanted to get this, get into the truck and the transportation industry, and I, sure. I, I do that kind of work in my day job, my actual dispatcher for a free broker, so I'm like, hey, let me go ahead and, and knock this out. And so I wanted to let the audience know that that's, that's one of the things that I'm doing. Um, and if anybody know of anyone that is looking for, you know, get into the transportation industry or need any loads, we, we definitely can do that for you as well. And the distributors are warehouse something. And you are hiring even those that have federal oh, record. Yeah. I think oh, that's amazing. I, no, I absolutely, like, I wanted to, every, one of my drivers to be able to, uh, okay. like, have had some kind of justice involved. Like, maybe they wasn't incarcerated, maybe they just have a record or something, right? 
looking at an opportunity to uh, get behind the wheel and actually eventually own their own equipment, whether it's a cargo van, box truck, or a tractor trailer, you know, to kind of give them a game and kind of take it to the next level. So yeah, so that, that's what that's what the podcast is about, you know, entrepreneurship. You know, I want to actually go from not only just telling stories, but creating opportunities too. So that's what I'm doing.